Hi everyone, this is another episode of Movie Geek and Proud. We are back to review another film from our past that we'd like to rewatch and see if it still holds up. This week we are doing Disney. Yay! We have... <laughs> we have an old favorite. Well, one of my favorites, actually. I don't know about everybody else's favorite. Uh, Sean, how are you, by the way? I'm, I'm good, Rob. As the quarantine is going on, like, I'm de-evolving. Like, now I'm not wearing a shirt. So next time we record, like, there may not be pants. I can't promise anything. <laughs> well, it's going to get hotter. So by the time we recorded this, we're just entering sort of spring. So... Yeah, it's getting hotter in L.A., so I have a feeling it's not going to stop and quarantine will be just as hard. So I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Don't blame you. Yeah. So this was Sean's pick. It was his idea to do this particular movie. Uh, this is part of my collection, so I will be reviewing this in terms of if this movie should stay on my shelf or if I... Uh, sell it at a garage sale. <laughs> wow. Uh, we are doing Emperor's New Groove. Why'd you Boom, baby. Um, I picked it because it is one of my standout Disney movies. I don't know that I'd say it's my favorite, but it's definitely like top 10 Disney. And I just figured with everything going on in the world, I wanted to try to focus on something a little more light and fun for our listeners to just kind of escape from it all with. What did you text me? Let's do Emperor's New Groove, something fun and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie's stupid now? It is stupid funny. That's why I love it. Okay. Well, I have I have something to say about the stupid funny parts. But yeah, let's go ahead and, and start our review. Uh, first, some facts. This movie came out December 15, 2000. According to IMDb, this synopsis reads, Emperor Cusco is turned into a llama by his ex-administrator Yzma and must now regain his throne with the help of Pacha, the gentle llama herder. This was directed by Mark Dendel. Writers include Chris Williams, who did the story, along with Mark Dendel. And it stars David Spade, John Goodman, Eartha Kitt, amongst a lot of other great voice talents out there. The budget to this was over a hundred million. Am I looking at that right? Yes, you are. A hundred million. A hundred million. Okay. And opening weekend USA was just almost nine point nine million. Gross was eighty nine million. And then worldwide was a hundred and sixty nine million plus. Did all right. It did pretty Sean, well. Do you know what it says on Rotten? Uh, I think I remember. It's kind of high, isn't it? Isn't it like up in the eighties? Well, Rob, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it is showing at eighty five percent. Holy shit! Is that by critics? Yeah. Oh my god! What is the audience? Audience is 83, critics are 85. Damn. Oh, well, that's pretty close. Yeah. I like that. No, I think that's awesome. I'm surprised today it is up that high. That's cool. So would you say that this movie is underrated then? Or is it, I mean, it's fresh. People seem to like it. Is this underrated? So, or people don't talk about this. 
I think it is. And the reason I do is I know a lot of people didn't see it when it came out. And even today, I do meet a lot of people who haven't watched it. But every single person that I force into it into their lives, they really like this movie. Like, it's a lot of fun and it's funny. So this is this is kind of where the underrated part comes in, because you look at it and it's not something that people are going to choose to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, Llama and like, I don't give a shit about no llama. Um, I think the animation is beautiful, for one. I watched this on Disney+, Plus and they, you know, converted it to HD, and it looks gorgeous. But, like, I don't give a shit about no damn llama. So, I mean, it's funny how you say you have to force people to watch it. What do you think their immediate reaction to watching something like this? It just, is it just doesn't seem interesting? Does the plot seem, like, too simple? Um, I think... I think a lot of people, because they heard it didn't do as well, don't expect it to be good. And you're right. They probably don't really have a lot to um, connect to because I think what's one of its biggest strengths and weaknesses is this was Disney like taking a chance for almost a completely original story. Like it's loosely based on Emperor's New Clothes where he gets the, you know, imaginary clothes that he thinks are real. But they just took that and went a completely different direction. So when you hear Emperor's New Groove, it sounds like it's just a silly, campy movie that's not to be taken seriously. And it is silly and campy, but it does have really great jokes and really great animation. Whereas when you hear about some other Disney movies, you can automatically tie it back to its source and be like, oh, I know where this is coming from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did a little digging, and I noticed that around the time that this movie came out, first of all, it was a Christmas movie. Uh, mm. I, yeah, no, I wouldn't have done that. But here's the thing. Pixar was just starting to become, like, the best thing ever made. It had two Toy Stories already out the gate, A Bug's Life. But then, if it wasn't Pixar, the animated stuff that we got was like Doug's first movie and Tigger movie, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then so and then we were long gone off the sing-alongs and even Tarzan even though it wasn't a sing-along had tons of songs, right? So then all of a sudden this movie out of nowhere wants to come out around Christmas time. No, I mean, well they had songs, but it wasn't a musical. The plot and tone was so vastly different than what you're used to. And it was a completely different look in animation. So this movie definitely came out of nowhere. And I wonder if people's minds weren't really like favoring Disney anymore if it wasn't CGI. Does that make sense? Yeah, I could see that. And it it came out um, after Hunchback and Hercules, which like... I feel like especially Hunchback doesn't have a huge following even today. So I think people were starting to get disillusioned with Disney and like the really kind of serious tone they were going for. Yeah, I I have a feeling they wanted to kind of bring it back to basics. I particularly did not like dinosaurs, even though it was visually stunning and they tried something new, mixing live action with animation. But at the same time, that was it. That's all we had from Disney and then let's go back and just do another 2d film and see how it goes. So we've got Emperor's new groove and I remember loving this movie so much because this was back when David Spade and Chris Farley were like the shit. And anytime they got 
any their name plastered on anything you went and saw it and i think that this movie in my opinion was made for david spade i mean the character alone is not cusco it's david spade playing cusco which is in literal sense but just think about it it's like cusco to me i think was designed for david spade's type of humor do you agree disagree Oh, I would definitely agree, because even in the face, he looks like David Spade, and you can see David Spade's facial expressions in Cusco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you remember the last time you watched this? Has it been a long time? Is this something that you, like, dig up and watch again? Um, It's one of those movies that, like, when I meet someone new, it's kind of, I think, one of the test movies. Like, have you seen this one? What? Oh my god, are you crazy? We have to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, I own this film, but I don't watch it as often. But if anybody brings it up, I praise it and I give them praise for knowing about it because it is a movie that I don't think should be forgotten. Uh, did you find it funny this time around? I laugh at it every time I watch it. I think it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny, too. There was a couple of laugh out loud moments, but I was smiling the whole time. Uh, the, the rewatch was, was cool. I didn't find it too dated. And of course I am in love with Yzma. I love Yzma's character so much, which I think was also written specifically for Eartha Kid. I don't think they drew her and was like, who could play her? I think they were like, we're giving Eartha Kid a villain and this is who she's going to be. Right. Yeah. With that voice, like she needs to be a Disney villain. Cause that's an iconic voice. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first saw this, I saw it at the El Capitan, and I remember just dying laughing. Like, it totally wasn't what I was expecting. And I left that theater with the impression of, you know, Disney is back. They're doing something new and different, and I love it. And I was super excited to see where Disney was going to go. So I was kind of deflated when the you know, reviews started coming out and like people just weren't seeing it, weren't liking it, or, you know, it just wasn't performing as well. I was like, what? This is an amazing movie. How come people aren't liking it? Like, I was shocked. I was watching this again and I was trying to figure out exactly what was so different about it that could turn people off. And it is a definite like 180 from what we're used to at Disney. But this movie is heavy on slapstick. It almost plays out like a Looney Tunes cartoon matched with the music and all of the physical comedy that continued through the movie. That's kind of the vibe that I got. And it just didn't have this like hero slash damsel slash heavy villain story to it. Everybody was just having fun in this quirky road trip movie. Okay. And it's not as traditional. It's not as traditional as you would see other Disney movies. And so I think they took a huge risk on the direction that they went in with this one, especially making it sort of like a buddy movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. The the humor, like one of the things I didn't notice for a long time is just how weird the humor is sometimes. Like there's this part I noticed it after a few times watching where Yzma and Kronk are in the lab and Yzma makes the potion and she hands it to Kronk and she's like, feel the power. And he's holding it, but he takes his hands off of the potion. So it's just floating in the air. 
And he like puts his hands back and forth and goes, I, I feel the power. And I was like, nobody was holding that potion. That's so random. <laughs> and then they do it again with the jump ropes later where the jump rope's just floating there. It makes no sense. I thought they tied it to a wall, but they didn't really establish like how that whole setup was happening. <laughs> no, yeah, there's but one I... where it shows it off camera so it could be tied to the wall but there's one where Kronk switches out and he's jump roping and he leaves it just sitting in midair nobody's holding it anymore but he's still jump roping I I thought Yzma was holding it you just couldn't like you couldn't see her swinging but I thought she was holding it yes there is one point where he he switches with Yzma but there's one point before that where he goes he's playing with the kids and he's like my turn and he just jumps in and nobody's holding it for a minute Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) I love how meta this movie is, especially with the storytelling. They break the fourth wall. They point out that it's a movie. A story's being told. They don't really do that as often. Of course, the only one that I can think of off the top of my head was Aladdin. Do you recall them doing that? Any other movie? Um, You know what? I'm in a position where I have all my Disney movies next to me, so I'm looking... No, not really. Yeah, just Aladdin yeah. and this one. What did you think about that type of storytelling? Like, does it work? Does it make it funnier? Does it take some of, like, the magic out of it because it's being told in a past tense? Um, I don't think so, because they had a few bits that I think worked because of the storytelling. Like, when he's kind of talking to himself, trying to convince himself, like, they saw everything I did. They know I'm not a good person. Like, give it up already. Like, I thought that was a cute moment. Yeah, I know, but I really love how meta this movie is. They First of all, I love the, one of my favorite parts in this movie is the chase scene montage towards the end of the movie when they're all running and then they like go back and forth between the map and them running and those dots are appearing, representing them. And then Kronk and Yzma are running and they can see Cusco's path going all the way up the mountain and they're like what the hell is this red dots and then they turn around and see purple dots for them and they're like oh well fuck it and then they just keep running <laughs> i just thought that was so funny i don't know why it's just it makes no sense like there's no reason to put it out there but it was just like yeah we just noticed dots on the ground. Yep, just because oh god i love that but um there's quite a bit of darkness, and this movie's a little dark. There was premeditated murder in this movie, like heavy on I'm gonna kill this bitch, and they drew out that killing scene so long. And then you've also got the fact that uh, there is a heavy class issue between rich and poor in this movie too, which doesn't stand out too much, but I mean, the whole movie is based on the fact that this kid is spoiled as shit and he's sitting there like technically gentrificating the village that he lives in like get rid of these people they gotta go so we can put more rich foundation in and i I don't know i just found it to be like there wasn't no heavy hero in this movie it was just a bunch of people just sort of like doing what they can to get what they want i mean pasha pak is it paka Pacha. Pacha, excuse me. Pacha is someone who obviously is a very caring person. He's a family man, yada yada. But like he is only doing this to get something out of it, right? Just like Cusco is. And like everybody just seems to be 
on a goal to get something. It's you know, I mean, he did do it out of kindness towards the end, but in the in the beginning of it, this whole movie is based on the fact like I give you something, you give me something. And there wasn't really like this big heroic moment or meaning to this. It was just teaching people how to be generous and kind to others and stuff like that. And so I, I, yeah, I don't know. To me, I just found it a little bit. And then just with the whole jungle and how dangerous it was. And I, I just found that to be uh interesting take on like a Disney movie. Cause usually it's a little bit more enchanted for us than just this dark ass <laughs> raining and, you know, alligators and panthers and people falling off like huge ass, um, skyscrapers to their deaths like it just yeah <laughs> i don't know i would say i don't think pacha came off as selfish though like he was just trying to protect his home like that was all he had and he just wanted to make sure that he didn't lose it yeah yeah but yeah you're uh, right can... the the jungle scene is very dark when you think about it and especially like <laughs> when they're bound to the log and like falling and it Cusco hits every single rock as they fall like in real life <laughs> you would be dead you would be very yeah. dead <laughs> they yeah they definitely took out the <laughs> the laws of gravity and just how strong their skin is which is again why I bring up the Looney Tunes aspect of it because there was just a lot of slapstick comedy in it I also wrote here, I was like, can we talk about how Pacha's kids have the gift of sight and they can dream the future? Yeah, they're magic. <laughs> yeah, they are so magic. They both dreamt what was exactly happening at the exact same time Pacha and Cusco was going through their shit. Never <laughs> brought it up again. <laughs> mm -hmm. And how about the fact there's that scene where the family kicks Yzma out of the house and the kids are just magically like there over and yeah. over again, farther they, down the hill than Kurt and she is. All Looney Tunes, all Looney Tunes, all Looney Tunes. But I love it because uh, Pach, Pacha could have played, you know, father figure and hero. And he's like, no, my family can handle themselves. They don't need protecting. They're good. And I love that. Like, it just wasn't a moment where they needed to be saved. And, you know, again, it was played on more of a lighter tone. But, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that they have um, Pacha's wife being in there. Because I feel like having Yzma be this just awful, terrible, greedy woman... And then having Pacha's wife being this, like, epitome of good and, like, protecting your family. Like, they definitely balance out the uh, the womanhood in it. Let's talk about Yzma for a second. First of all, why is she the villain? Because it seems to me the way that she was advising people was just as much, if not, Cusco was way worse on his ruling on his kingdom and on his land why was she the villain she got fired yes her her like immediate reaction was let's kill him i want to be ruler but like Cusco was no different why or why is she the villain i actually am for one okay with the fact that she tried to pull full revenge on him for being fired for sitting in his chair like are you kidding me screw you <laughs> i just didn't see her as like more of a villain than Cusco was in the beginning well, that's just the thing. Like, it shows how corrupt um, leadership is in this area. But I don't think, like, 
he was um, threatened by her trying to take his power. So that's why he fired her. He didn't care how she was treating people. She moved in on his turf. So it wasn't just the fact that she was sitting in the chair. It's the fact that she was doing his job. And he was like, "Mm -mm, you don't do my job. You fired. So I think they both wronged each other because obviously that's no reason to try to kill someone. But I definitely see why she's the villain here. No, that makes sense. I also would love to have known more about Cusco and like, does he have parents? Did they die? Like, why is he ruling at 17? I, I, we, we just ended up in this story. Was, was there any similarity to the new clothes story? Was it the same thing? I had never seen it. Oh, Emperor's New Clothes is a very short story, so they don't go into anything family in that either. It's just the idea that um, this tailor, this person pretending to be a tailor, I should say, um, bamboozler, um, offers this magical suit to this king, but only smart people can see it. So the king thinks he's wearing this magical suit, but nobody can see it, so he thinks they're all dumb, when in fact he's the dumb one because there was no suit all along. Hmm. Mm, I see. How do you think Yzma stacks up against some of the other Disney villainesses? Uh, well, as far as comedic performance and s- scene stealing, I think she's up in the top five, in my opinion. Uh, I think she has a lot of screen time compared to other villains, too. And... It's I don't know for me it's believable without actually having any heavy powers. Um, I don't know if we would consider her a witch. Is she like just a sorceress or just somebody who practices magic? Um, according to season two, episode twenty one of Brunch with the Hollowells, actually I think episode one, we consider her a witch because I quoted her. Oh, you did. Okay, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair I enough. only I know that because know- I looked it up the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I I think her compared to other I I again believe that she was a, a good villain. Again, premeditated murder. She really tried to poison somebody, but then also like bash him in the head and also knife him to death. <laughs> so yeah, I think she did a very good job. And you know all the other you know evil villainesses. You know, I don't think their goal was ever to kill anyone. They just wanted to kind of take over the throne. Her, she was just like, you fired me. I'm going to kill you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she was a little bit more devious than the others. Cruella DeVille, one of the best and popular villains out there. She wanted to kill puppies. No one is worse than her. But <laughs> I I think that Yzma kind of measures up. Do you think if there was like a brawl between all the different villains of Disney, all the villainesses, how would she stack up against them in a fight? Can she hold her own? In a fight? Um, Not really. She doesn't really have that much power, and she really doesn't have much muscle unless Kronk is involved. So if Kronk was there, he may have a fighting chance. She may have a fighting chance, but alone, she's not that threatening. I mean, and right now she's a cat. So (laughs) she couldn't do much now, but I think a lot of it came from the ruling of her. If she had minions, I think that she's a great dictator and and leader amongst being evil. But as far as like alone, she couldn't keep up. You know, what's funny is I actually think Kronk hinders her. I think if she had like a smart henchman, like (laughs) 
she would be very deadly because can you imagine if everything she did went right like luckily oh, Crump yeah. was there to make it go wrong yeah anything that she wanted to do felt like she knew what she was doing and that she would be good at it it's just she didn't have comparable people carrying out her missions you know but she didn't care about getting her hands dirty you know and she still dressed fabulous no matter where she went so you know she you know and she was even like bitch you're gonna fix my food the way i want my food fixed she played a total karen in that (laughs) restaurant (laughs) um but yeah no i think she's strong you're right. That's totally why we all love her, all the gays, because she does dress and she does have attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and again, Eartha Kitt, love the fact that she was cast in this. I I do love the casting in this. I thought it was all voiced very well. There were a lot of side characters that I didn't know the voices of, but I don't think that takes away from having a good animated film. Do you feel more connected if you recognize everybody? Um, no, I would say not because two of my favorite Disney movies are Aladdin and Little Mermaid, and I feel like most of those casts are not big names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What did you think about just the story in general? Woman gets fired, this kid wants to build a pool on top of a hill, they band together and work together. Like, what do you, I mean, as I say it, it doesn't really sound that complex, but what do you think about the writing in this movie? Do you think they came out with the best story that they could? I think the story itself is kind of flimsy. And I say that because the part that stands out to me the most is when we spend over half the movie getting to the restaurant and trying to get back to the castle. And then they decide to work together to get to the castle. And like you said, there's the chase montage where they just cover the ground they lost in like two seconds and make it back within like five minutes. <laughs> and they, and they brought it up. It was like, how did you get back here? And she was like, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but it works. Yeah. So I think the, it w- the story itself, like it's not very strong, but I don't think it had to be with, the comedic fact i think it was meant to just make us laugh and not really challenge our thinking too much gotcha i i thought the story was good i did like the message in it of course too and i like that this movie took a risk doing something non-traditional as far as a disney animated film goes i believed uh, Pacha and Cusco's growing friendship. I thought that their buddy system worked and their teamwork obviously saved the day as well. So I do enjoy those tie-ins. And again, the meta jokes all landed perfectly. And I did enjoy the physical comedy. Again, there was a little of the backstory that I would have loved to have gotten, but um, that doesn't take away from a lot of good one-liners, especially... Uh, I think it was Tippo. Is he the boy, the kid? I think so. When he's jump roping, he's like, you don't look like our great aunt. And yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> he totally like figured her out. Like she's not related. No, he thinks they're related, but he goes, you're not my great aunt. You're my great, 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 great. great. And then <laughs> he just kept going. And I thought that was such an amazing line. You know, the ones that stuck with me is... 20 years later, because this came out in 2000, I'm still, like, at work 
I'm the weird guy who sits in the corner who talks to himself. And like after I get off a call where I did really well, I still go, boom, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, Yzma turning into a cat really stuck with my best friend Rachel and I, where we still bring up, is that my voice? Is that my voice? I do also want to point out that I thought the soundtrack was great. I love the instrumental music that was played in this movie, and I love that opening Tom Jones number. I miss Tom Jones so much. I, that that song is just amazing. The theme song guy is what they call him. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just anytime you know the the tone of the movie change i thought the music just matched it really well and i love the sort of like zoot suit sort of um music that was playing during the chase montage you know with all the trumpets and stuff i i love that type of music and uh, i think it paired very well with with this movie i there is one part in this movie that makes me cringe rob especially today in today's atmosphere when Cusco's uh, yeah. head gets stuck in the cave and all the bats fly in his mouth. It's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> and he probably has corona now. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> um, I obviously have to bring back... Well, not bring back. I also have to bring up the small little mini baby elephant in the room. There were a couple of scenes that kind of hinted on their manhood tested when they had to give cpr and the fact that he had to gurgle the taste of a man's mouth out of his mouth even though he's a fucking llama kissing a man is just disgusting um and then like even when they were in the restaurant while Cusco's in disguise as a woman the waiter was like well i praise you for coming out in public <laughs> <laughs> But um, I lo- did you notice the guy sitting at the bar, like, give a thumbs up to Pacha? Like, ooh, your woman's hot. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Do you think that any of that was a little problematic today? Um, I don't think the restaurant part is because um, I think she's commenting more on the fact that the wife looks like an animal because he's a llama at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I could see where the um the cpr can come off as problematic because it does feed into like oh that's so disgusting but like it needs to be normalized and if we keep having that joke over and over then kids Mm -hmm. are going to constantly just be hardwired that that's a gross thing when it's actually just two people showing affection yeah (laughs) or saving a life (laughs) or saving a life (laughs) yeah nobody's going to perform cpr now because it's a dude But uh, would you recommend this movie today? Is this something that you can still show people and they would enjoy? Or are there just other Disney movies they need to watch first? Um, I still recommend it. I think I just had the talk actually last night with Alan and I don't think he's seen this. So now I have to watch it again, Rob. And um, I don't mind that because it's so funny and I have fun every single time. <laughs> yeah, I still get a little of a chuckle when I watch this movie. There were uh, some scenes like when Cusco throws the acorn at his head and he's like, what? What's going on? Some, you know, like a whole Miss Delphire thing. He's like, somebody's throwing stuff. Are you going to make a fire or what? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I just like that. It's just, little stuff like that makes me laugh. But again, uh, I, I would still recommend this to someone. I think that this is a movie that should at least be known. Like if you look at all the list of Disney films that are out right now, 
people should know that this one exists, whether they watch it often or not, or even find it one of their favorites. I still think people should know it exists. This was a very different film. And, and again, I still think that it's the comedy still works even today. Uh, I will say that, because I miss traditional Disney with the musicals and all that good stuff, there are better movies that you can present to someone who may not have seen a lot of these Disney films. But for me, I always will carry this as one of my favorites. But I don't know if it works for everyone. I think that uh, people might get... I don't know if people would get more of a kick out of more older school Disney with the whole musical thing. What do you think? Like, do you think people still thrive on having that old school type? Or do you think people would just chill with this one? Um. So, okay, let's just say I met someone who had never seen any Disney movie ever. I wouldn't start with Emperor. I'd probably start with, like, like we said earlier, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, like Sleeping Beauty, so they could see the really early Disney. So they get the good storytelling, the different animation. But I would still definitely put Emperor like up in top 10 just so they can see like the different sides of Disney and all the different styles. So I still would have it pretty high up. I also think that Yzma is a villain that I think is worth seeing and knowing as well. I, for just her alone, I think, would be enough for a watch. And I think that most people would get a kick out of seeing her do her thing um, if they ended up not really liking the whole film as a as a whole, you know? And, you know, I think Kronk, like, really steals the movie. So just seeing those two together with her being so evil and him being so, like good-natured he almost isn't even a villain in this he's just like somebody who just goes along with whoever he's near well he has a heart of gold and a little schizophrenia but <laughs> i mean he he's cool i mean he got his own movie and he the movie ended up turning into a series i mean this has a lot of editorial sort of things to it you can do a lot with this movie because they really focused on one small part of the grand scale of, of like where this movie could go. So um, it definitely left a mark. Uh, do you still think it's rewatchable? Oh yeah. To date? Like, is there, is there reasons to watch it sort of on your own or is it only beneficial when you're showing someone? Um, I would say it's more fun to watch it with people. And I think that's probably more likely that I would watch it with someone else. I don't, I don't often pull out Disney just to watch Disney anymore just because there are so many shows and things to watch. So normally it's like, oh, you haven't seen this one? Let's watch it. But um, I definitely enjoy watching it. Like some of the older ones, like I know I need to show Anthony things like Alice in Wonderland and The Jungle Book. And like when I think about rewatching those, I'm not as excited as like, oh, let's watch Emperor's New Groove again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Sean, I agree with you. I think that when rewatching this movie, like watching it once every like year or two, I think is great. But also if you do have an opportunity to show someone who has not seen it, this could be something that could be just a laugh, you know, and just, you know, watch just for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that it is streaming, I don't necessarily see a reason to own it. And like go out of my way and buy it unless you're a Disney movie collector. 
if we did not have these streaming capabilities, I do not regret my purchase at all. When this movie came out, I bought it right away because I did want to rewatch it again or have the opportunity to do so. But today, I don't know if I would buy it again um, now that I can see it streaming. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, because just having all the Disney movies I do, like I look at them and I'm like, do I really need to keep these anymore? Like, is Disney Plus here to stay? Like, what do I do with these? Yeah, yeah. But um, is it shameful to say there's a moment where Kronk is running with Yzma and he's wearing like a little like almost kilt skirt thing and he has <laughs> boots on and i was like yes honey you are such a daddy right now <laughs> you are so funny if we're going there i actually preferred him barefoot in his devil's onesie i thought that was kind of like hello okay <laughs> if I we're going that. there <laughs> uh you're funny all right let's rate this film what would you say if we rated it great, 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 great aunts? <laughs> okay, let's do that. <laughs> okay, how many great, 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 great aunts do you give Emperor's New Groove? So I know you're not going to agree with me, and I don't care. I don't, I don't give a fuck, Rob. I'm giving it five out of five. Great, great, Shut great, great, up. Are great, you great, serious? great aunts. Yep. Really? Wow, a perfect film for you. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't dis- I don't agree with that. <laughs> um, no, this movie is still a lot of fun. I always enjoy watching it. I don't find bad things about it with each watch. Uh, so with that being said, there are some things that I think worked great back then. Today, I think there are better films that you can rewatch on, you know, just our normal day at home. But again, I don't think it's lost its touch and it does take a huge risk outside of the Disney spectrum on what you would expect. I'm giving it three and a half out of five. Great, 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 great aunts. <laughs> All right. Well, I had a lot of fun rewatching this movie. Unfortunately, because of the 3.5 out of five score, this movie does not stay on the shelf. It will get tossed unfortunately but again it's a cool movie if you haven't seen it you won't regret watching it i think most people will have a good laugh with this i agree and agree to disagree on your score (laughs) Uh, well thank you everyone for listening to our show we will definitely be back with another episode coming up soon look out for us on twitter and instagram twitter we are under mgnp podcast and on instagram movie geek and proud all one word if you enjoy our show make sure to give us a shout out on itunes give us a rate and review let us know how much you like our show Say goodbye, Sean. Squeaking.